Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. And scratching like a three-legged dog. For any tripod, cat or dog. Why do some vets do things that way? Why so many people don't realize that their dogs are in pain. He's a three-legged dog and he's still pretty good. Hello and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio, episode number 84. Here at Tripods, we have been interviewing veterinary oncologists, orthopedic surgeons, rehab therapists, and other specialists for the Tripods YouTube channel since our Jerry first lost a limb to cancer in 2006. Today, we are introducing a new feature for Tripod Talk Radio, where we'll be publishing the complete audio from recent and future video interviews. Find the edited videos and subscribe at youtube.com slash tripods. And keep listening to Tripod Talk for our unabridged discussions with experts about topics of importance to anyone with pets facing amputation or a limb cancer diagnosis. So, we'll kick this off with our recent visit to UC Davis Veterinary Medical Teaching Hospital. This is the first of our four interviews we held with, tap, with faculty there about the cutting-edge work they're doing. Dr. Robert Rabune is Associate Professor and Researcher in Surgical and Radiological Sciences at UC Davis. He is working on a new study about immunotherapy for cancer that has spread to the lungs of dogs with osteosarcoma or melanoma. Renee will get the details about the IL-15 study and how it differs from the interleukin-2 research that has been done. We'll learn how this inhalation therapy is administered and what adoptive cell transfer means. This interview was recorded on October 3, 2019. For complete details about the study and info about how to participate, please visit try.pet slash ucd-il15. And with that, let's hear from Dr. Rabune about the work he is doing with the IL-15 study at UC Davis. So my name is Rob Rabune. I'm a faculty medical oncologist uh, here at UC Davis, um, Professor Maxine Adler, Endowed Chair in Oncology. Um, and I've been here at UC Davis for about 11 years now. So why does so much of your work focus on cancer metastasis? Do you have some kind of connection to that, or are you, what drew you to it? Um, yes, I think, you know, my, my background, so I went to, to vet school, and then um, shortly after, or immediately after vet school, I went into a Ph.D. research program, um, specifically uh, in, in the field of metastasis. Um, so I went to a human cancer hospital, MD Anderson, um, to do that Ph.D. And, and worked with someone who is kind of uh, a, a very well known in the metastasis field. Um, the reason for that is, is you know, my interest in metastasis is that, that with advances um, in local control with both, you know, surgical techniques, minimally invasive techniques, um, and radiation therapy, um, you know, the majority of patients that we end up losing for many cancers is due to metastasis. Um, so I wanted to, to learn more about that process and that the, the pathway that cells take and, and see if targeting that pathway may be able to... Um, ultimately improve survival times or cures. And let's talk about the uh, study you're doing right now, the IL-15 study. Can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, so the, the IL-15, so that's a, a, it's a cytokine, so it's an immunotherapy 
Um, the, it, it's not a new concept. There's been cytokine therapy for years and years. Um, the, uh, probably the best known is um, interleukin-2 or IL-2, which was there was a lot of work done um, back in the 90s. Um, IL-2 uh, on the human side tended to be very toxic. Um, so although there were responses seen, um, it was, uh, there were a lot of side effects with IL-2 therapy. Um, and uh, actually on the veterinary side, um, again, this concept is not new. That um, Chan Khanna in the 90s uh, had done inhaled IL-2 in dogs um, with uh, lung metastases, including dogs with osteosarcoma. Um, and at that time, uh, you know, there were, weren't a lot of dogs treated, but, uh, you know, about half of the dogs with osteosarcoma that were treated had responses to the inhaled IL-2. Um, and those dogs actually had very, uh, uh, essentially no side effects from that treatment. Um, so, you know, if we kind of fast forward a bit, the, the issue with that, um, so that was a um, it was a special form of IL-2 that would last longer within the body, and so that's not commercially available. Um, and the human IL-2, which is used clinically on the human side, is uh, um, prices most of our, our clients out. Um, so that, that IL-2 for us to buy clinical-grade human IL-2 um, right now I think is around three or $3,500. Um, so... Uh, not a lot of folks can do that. So I think that's why we, we haven't um, really followed up on those initial findings. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, the IL-15, so how is it different then? So IL-15 is actually very similar. It, it, it activates um, essentially the same pathways as IL-2. Um, it's a little bit more specific, and it also, IL-2, um, because it, it's... Uh, kind of ramps up the immune system, but it also um, potentially ramps up the breaks of that immune system, um, whereas IL-15 doesn't really have that component. Um, and so really it is trying to activate the body's own immune system um, to target you know, uh, the cancer cells. Um, so IL-15 does signal kind of through the same receptors, um, but we do see less toxicity, and at least in theory, um, hopefully we'll see the activation, but we won't see that kind of um, the, the, the negative aspect or the, um, you know, the inhibition of the immune system in some arms. Um, so the IL-15, you know, when we are, so we're, we're kind of building on that IL-2, but, but part of this grant is um, because the technology has come um, so far and, and in veterinary medicine the prices have come down for being able to do things like sequencing the tumors. Um, and so what this really is is while, you know, the IL-15 is, you know, we hope maybe going to have a little bit better response than the IL-2, um, the goal of this actual grant is to not only just see the responses, um, but actually be able to look at the genetics of the individual tumor, so kind of this personalized medicine. And, and so if, if, you know, in that study, in the IL-2, I said, you know, half the dogs responded. There weren't a lot of dogs. But the question now that we're trying to answer is, is okay, well, if we see responses, Why? Um, what is it about that tumor or that patient that we saw a response? Because if we know that, then we can come back and predict potentially based on genetics or individual personalized uh, information 
maybe this dog is going to respond to chemotherapy, maybe this dog is going to respond to immunotherapy. Um, so the goal of this is to kind of build on those findings um, from the 90s that we're looking at IL-2 and say, now can we predict which patients might respond? Um, and then there is a second arm, which is looking at uh, um, not only do we kind of activate the immune system within the body um, by giving this uh, uh, IL-15, um, but if we come back and we, uh, so doing essentially uh, adoptive cell transfer where we kind of grow up NK cells, not natural killer cells, from the individual patient, um, we grow those up in the lab for a couple of weeks and, and get them activated, and then those are the cells that actually respond to the IL-15. So instead of just banking on the cells within the body, the, the NK cells being activated, um, we're going to actually take out NK cells from that patient. We're going to grow them up and expand them um, and have them be activated. We're going to give those cells back, and now we're going to treat with the IL-15. Um, and this is the part that we haven't gotten to with the trial yet, but it's really what we're kind of building to. And how is it administered? Um, so there's there's a couple of different formulations that we're using. There's um, the free, just regular IL-15, which we're giving inhaled. Um, and that is really trying to activate um, the immune system within the lungs. Um, as a, a lot of people know, with osteosarcoma, both on the human and canine side, the most common site of metastasis and, and uh, oftentimes life-limiting site is the lungs. Um, and so, you know, we want to see if we can change that microenvironment, if we can get um, in uh, higher concentrations through inhaled delivery, then, then the hope is that maybe we see less systemic side effects um, and even more of, of uh, a response within the lungs. Um, so that is one arm, and that's actually when we um, go to uh, the adoptive cell transfer and expanding NK cells, we're going to combine that with inhaled to try and specifically target lung metastases. And then we have uh, another um, uh, formulation of the IL-15. It's an, an IL-15 called an IL-15 super agonist. Um, and that is uh, currently a, a, it's an industry product, so it's on the human side. It's in clinical trials. Um, but through the NIH grant and, and this company, we also have access to this drug. And so this one is given systemically. It's subcutaneous. Um, and so the idea being, well, if we can focus on lung metastases and we can figure out which patients are going to respond to our treatment with high concentrations in the lungs, we also know that um, this disease metastasizes elsewhere. And so um, we'd like to know if we can see those same things systemically um, without having um, too many side effects. So that would be building on just being able to treat one area and hoping that we can get um, kind of all the sites. Mm -hmm. And who's the ideal candidate for this treatment? Um, right now, I mean, again, because we're we're in this early stages, um, you know, we're looking specifically for dogs that are, you know, that have pulmonary metastases um, because we're looking at response rates um, and, again, seeing if we can predict. So we're looking at making sure that it's not toxic and seeing what the response rates are kind of the first step in, in a lot of the studies. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Um, so they need to be, you know, 
healthy. You know, we can't have, uh, um, I mean, other than, than the metastases, you know, we can't have significant comorbidities. Um, <clears throat> we actually have, uh, we have to make sure that the dogs are willing to undergo the, the inhalation therapy. Um, which, you know, we've enrolled nine dogs to date um, and inhaled, and we've treated several over the years. Uh, again, Sean Connor's group in the 90s um, found that, that it was pretty easy to, to teach these dogs how to do inhaled. Um, so we haven't had any problems so far with that, but, but it is something that, you know, for certain dogs that are really anxious or, or maybe don't want to sit still that long, it might not be the best therapy for them. So it's literally a mask over their snout. Yeah, there's a couple different ways that we found depending on the dog. Um, actually, it, it sounds worse than it is, but there's, um, you know, we have uh, we have the kind of regular nose cones that they can use, or some dogs actually do better with. Um, it's actually a kind of a big plastic boot um, where we just put the nebulizer hose in there, and they can kind of just breathe uh, within that bag. So it sounds terrible to say you put a bag over their head. Um, you really don't. You just kind of have their muzzle. Um, within this kind of little plastic boot. Um, we actually have a really nice video online that, um, of how to train the dogs because um, we found that, you know, writing and, and having us discuss it and show them, it really is helpful to, to have a video. Um, and so one of our uh, residents here created a video. It's really helpful. And this is something that the owner does. Yeah, yeah, so the owner can do it home with, at home with proper precautions, yeah. And how long does the process take for one treatment? Um, This treatment, so this protocol is actually for two weeks and it's twice a day, Um, so morning and night. It takes, um, you know, the the actual nebulization is anywhere between 8 and 12 minutes. Um, But, you know, set up and clean up and uh, and all those things um, probably takes 20 or 25 minutes uh, each treatment for the owners. Um, We do the first treatment here for this trial just to make sure everything's going okay, um, that we don't have any problems, and and then they can do the rest at home. Um, How far advanced can the lung mats be? I mean, are you looking for, like, really small mats or you how advanced before you say they can't be part of it yeah so um, I mean really the you know we, we want the patients to be able to because it's immunotherapy um, we want to be able to give we want to be able to treat them kind of and hope that they have enough time to, to be able to, to mount this immune response and so um, it's not an adaptive immune response so it, it should be fairly quick but you know essentially the tricky part is once we once we diagnose lung metastases with um, osteosarcoma you know, most times we're honestly thinking that you know we have about two or three months um, and sometimes you know if they're having clinical signs if they have effusions or fluid around the lungs or if they're really advanced um, they're not good candidates to, to be able to undergo this kind of twice daily inhaled therapy um, but uh, the what what I will say is that um, for kind of purposes of measuring the tumor response, we usually say that the tumors have to be, you know, greater than one centimeter on um, chest X-rays. Uh, and the reason for that is we want to actually make sure that we know that it's truly uh, a tumor, and we we want to be able to accurately measure to say if it's gotten smaller or bigger. And so sometimes when we have just kind of smaller than a centimeter, it's it can be a little bit um, hard to measure that response. 
Um, so that's really the only criteria right now. Um, is it healthy enough for to receive this therapy? I mean, um, IL-15 in people, you know, dose-limiting toxicities, uh, depending on, on the therapy, maybe elevated liver enzymes have been seen. So we want to make sure that patients that, that uh, are enrolling in this trial have normal liver function, um, those sorts of things, to, to make sure that we're not um, kind of setting them up for failure. Thank you. Many thanks to Dr. Ravune and UC Davis for the work they are doing. Learn more about the IL-15 study at try.pet slash UCD IL-15. Watch this video interview on the Tripods YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tripods. Stay tuned to Tripod Talk for more discussions with faculty from our recent visit to UC Davis. And visit tripods.com for years of past interviews and many other free pet amputation resources. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts and claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.